What would you do if everyone said they heard your trailer a hundred times? You'd probably make a new one. I'm Justin Sales, the host of The Wedding Scammer, The Ringer's first ever true crime pod. We've been hunting a con man for a few weeks now, and our hunt is coming to an end. Schemes, heartbreak, how to put on a wire. We've covered all this and more, but there are still a few surprises left. Binge The Wedding Scammer wherever you get your podcasts. It's The Mismatch, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states or 18 plus in D.C. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. Life is full of tough decisions, and thanks to USAA Auto Insurance, picking your auto coverage isn't one of them. Make the switch to USAA Auto Insurance and find out how you could save. Get a quote today. Restrictions apply. Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me as he does every Monday night from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Conflict, Kevin O'Blizzarian, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Sphere, Kevin Verno! How are you doing tonight, man? What's up? I'm great. We were going to record after what was sure to be a raucous Philadelphia 76ers Los Angeles Lakers game. That, in fact, was not raucous at all and ended with the Philadelphia 76ers beating the Lakers 138 to 94, including not taking their foot off the gas and outscoring the Lakers 40 to 14 in the final frame of the game. Just just a colossal beatdown. And Joel Embiid had his first triple-double of the year. They were led in scoring by Tyrese Maxey, but uh, Joel Embiid ended the night with 30 points, 11 rebounds, 11 assists, an efficient 9 of 15 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3, 10 of 12 from the free-throw line. Uh, just dominating performance, to say the least, and that was... That was mega impressive. They got a they got a season high out of Pat Bev, and they were obviously amped up and ready to go for that game. And the Lakers on the other side were not amped up and ready to go for that game. Even got to see Mo Bamba enter the game late. <laughs> revenge game, Mo Bamba revenge game. He hit a three and had two dunks. Uh, so like Mo, Mo Bamba even got off the bench and got some minutes at the end of that one when they were just putting it on the Lakers. But man, like, I mean, obviously the Sixers, they get off to an amazing start to the year. What are they? Seven, one, uh, yep. eight and one at one point. And then it's been about 500 basketball since then. But now, you know, a big win against Oklahoma city over the weekend on Saturday, like on the road in OKC and 
then back home against the Lakers on on, on Monday night and completely smoke them. Uh, the, I feel like with the Sixers, like when they were in the middle of playing that 500 basketball, I saw some tweets on my timeline like, ah, you know, Max, he kind of passed the hot start and all that. But I mean, the dude's still kicking ass. 28 against OKC, 31 against the Lakers. Um, he's still one of the NBA's best shooters. We saw that again with tonight's game, 5 of 12 from 3. The guy just fires away from any range at all, any position, off balance. It doesn't matter. The Sixers have their two guys. And they beat him Maxi, and even with Ubre still out right now, like I think watching this team, like you just see Batum with the connect- connectivity with his playmaking four assists tonight. You see it with like guys like Tobias Harris. Like, obviously tonight not his best night, but we've talked about him throughout the year. And then Robert Covington, good defense, rebounding, size, versatility. The Harden trade brought in Marcus Morris, not so good, but two good wing forward types of guys to this rotation um, that has helped them kind of overcome not having Ubre. So when he comes back, I mean, this team's going to feel a heck of a lot more complete right now. And then on the flip side, you see them down wings and it absolutely kills them. They got no Rui Hachimura. They got no Cam Reddish. Vanderbilt still out. Gabe Vincent obviously still not playing with them. And, you know, it's like, hey, you, you should be able to you get surround AD and LeBron with anything, but like you're testing it when you're surrounding him with D'Angelo Russell, Taureen Prince, and Max Christie. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Like we figured out when it doesn't look good and they're down a couple of guys and you see the profound effect that that can have. Um, just being down, you know, they get those, they got those three guys that are out for them. Now, obviously Vanderbilt has a bit of part of things, but not having Hachimura or Reddish is extremely noticeable, not only in that starting lineup, but then as soon as you get to that bench. And so they clearly are a team that needs to have all of their guys healthy to look like they can look. I mean, the 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 other guys around AD and LeBron, it has to be better than what they're fielding uh tonight when you're playing against one of the better teams in the league. That's absolutely true. And and I think, you know, when it comes to that, the Lakers role players you're talking about against the Sixers role players um, that supporting casts, I think with the Sixers, there's also an element of unpredictability that the, the, the placement you can put those guys on the floor, like in the first half when the Sixers were beginning to build their lead on the Lakers, there was a play where Patrick Beverly sent an on ball screen for Tyrese Maxey. Maxey hits him on the short roll and Beverly, who's like six foot two uh, around the free throw and throws a lob to Paul Reed for a dunk. I, I think like the Sixers is they put guys in so many different types of positions on the floor that they become very difficult to defend. So whether it's Batum with the connective passing or Beverly getting put in different spots, Philly Philly's doing a really good job of, of playing off their best players with Embiid and Maxi um, in ways where like the Lakers are very good, um, but like they don't have that offensive uh, creativity that I, I think that you saw with the Sixers tonight and have all season. Yeah, it's a lot of role players that they've been able to put around those. Two guys, they have a consi- consistently great Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid. And then that third guy on, on uh, the majority of nights is going to be Tobias Harris. And he's going to take the th- like They have a real pecking order. And then Oubre was fitting in there. But like the rest of those guys, it might be Melton, it might be Batum, it might be Rocco. Like 
But those guys know their role and they know they're standing within that team. They've got their stars and they've got their role players. And it's pretty impressive. And I do think that there's a having those two guys and their personalities and and how well they get along and how well they play together and Maxi and Embiid does kind of filter down. And you've got to imagine that the the whole Harden deal was was pretty galvanizing. And not only did they extract Harden from that situation, enabling Maxi to be even better, they've got the new coach, and these are these are long term vet role players, right? These guys made mm-hmm. careers being role players. So they know exactly where they, what they're supposed to be doing. And, and, and their job is to do the dirty work, make open shots when they can, and augment the best players on the team. You know, you're the screensetter. You're the guy that's got to dive for loose balls. You're the guy that's got to hold his hand up when it's, uh, when it's uh, somebody's foul. You know, that's, <laughs> that's the deal. And then, of course, they got, Pat Bev coming off the bench where in a game like this, it's like he, he'll act like it's the NBA Finals. And he did. <laughs> and th- those guys are extremely valuable. We've talked about it before. Um, I have seen a couple of teams since we last spoke. Two of great interest uh, because of where they are in the NBA standings right now. One is the number one team in the Western Conference who I saw yesterday uh, afternoon, and that was the Minnesota Timberwolves. First opportunity to get to see them in person this year. I got a little distraught because on my way to the arena, I was told that Anthony Edwards was not going to play, and then that got changed, and he ended up being in the starting lineup yesterday because I certainly wanted to see him in person. Um, Minnesota, as, as we know from watching them on television, they make everybody look small and just their overwhelming size uh, is something that stands out. Um, The other thing is they have figured out how to play together. Not only Cat and Gobert, it doesn't look clunky. It doesn't look weird anymore. Uh, I do think that there was a, a real blessing in disguise that took place with Anthony Edwards, Anthony Edwards getting treated like the best player on the team last year and having to face all manner of different defenses and double teams. And we talk about being like the top guy on the dry erase board in the locker room. He was that by virtue of Cat being out virtually all all of last year. And watching them uh, yesterday, they are absolutely awesome. Uh, there are going to be a few things that could possibly hold them back in the long run, but they have Conley is playing great basketball and is like the perfect point guard to make all of those guys better and to set them up, but also take advantage when he has open shots. Um, and they did not have McDaniels, so I didn't get to see that which obviously makes them even more devastating defensively. Uh, but Nikhil Alexander-Walker will guard as well. You know, he's a hustle guy who's kind of found a home there and knows how to play his role. And I was super impressed uh, by them. First time to get to see them in person yesterday. They are 
um, as advertised, to say the least. And the size is just going to give them such an incredible advantage against so many teams. We see it on the flip side in a team we'll talk about in a little while with Orlando, where, you know, they come in and they just, they have these long wingspans and they have this size. Now, I don't really understand why, when I was getting ready for that game yesterday, I don't understand why their defensive rating is so much better at home than it is on the road. It's a huge split. It's like 100 at home, and it's like 113 on the road, which is like middle of the pack. Um, But they're probably going to have home court advantage anyway. Like, I'd be stunned if that is not a home court advantage team, and they're certainly going to have a chance at one of the top three seeds in the league this year. Um, Unless, of course, they withstand some kind of terrible injuries or whatever could befell them. But, uh, yeah, they're awesome. They're awesome. And they got a good mix. I'm just going to let you talk, but I was waiting for you to bring up the fact that Rudy Gobert dunked on Jaron Jackson Jr., and I'm disappointed that you didn't bring it up. I'm very he disappointed. He already had you a just foul. talked for four minutes he, and didn't bring up Gobert dunking on the defensive player of the year. Where he, was it, Chris? You weren't going to bring that up? He, Come already, on. he already You had were a at foul. the game. Were you eyes shut or something? Were you not watching? Got, what were you doing? Well, you in the bathroom? It's not, it's not you. I mean, there, there's no sense in trying to get another touch foul on that <laughs> when you've already got oh. one foul. Yeah, no man. sense in trying when you when you're losing and your team sucks. And oh, the team is terrible. And, and you're and you're in a hole and you're yeah. not going to make the playoffs and it sucks. It's disappointing. You never it know. Sucks. Hey, look. The the Joss the jo suspension really I mean, but here's the thing. It's not how why much are you don't how, be a casual. How much, how much better how much don't better be is casual. this team going to be Oh, don't it's because they don't have Santi Aldama. And they don't have Santi Kevin, Kevin, they don't <laughs> have six of their top eight players. Okay. Yeah, they don't have Marcus Smart either, I know. They're missing some guys. At the end some, of the day, though. They okay. are missing no, okay. their starting point guard. They are missing okay. their starting small forward. They are missing their starting center. They are missing their backup shooting guard. They are missing their backup power forward. And they are missing their backup center. Take six of the top eight guys off any team in the league and see what they look like. Hell, you took fucking Cam Reddish off the Lakers tonight <laughs> and they got beat by a thousand. All right. Okay. So here, here's here's just what I want to bring up. Are you at all, when I watch the Grizzlies, I'm thinking to myself like, damn, like we talked before the season about, oh, Desmond Bain without John Morant could be averaging close to 30. He has not quite taken the leap. 23.6 point game. He's, his three-point percentage numbers are down. He's not doing a hell of a lot more off the dribble from two. Jaron Jackson Jr., he's back to putting up pretty much the same numbers he was before last season. Streaky from behind the arc, below 30% from three. He's not much more developed off the dribble as a scorer. Are you at all disappointed no. that Bain and Jackson haven't been able to elevate their play at a point that hasn't brought the Grizzlies, not just, I'm not saying that they should be, you know, a, a winning team, but they're okay. three and 13. How much of that is due to, how much of that is due to the best players, Bain and Jackson, not elevating their games? For certain, recently they have been bad, especially the last four games, okay? But if you go back, they both were. They both were great, and they were carrying the load every single night. And somewhere along the way, Guess what happened, Kevin? Every team that they play against realize that there are two players on the court to worry about. 
and nobody else matters. <laughs> and so, guess whose production went down? Do they have to be better? Of course, they have to be better than what they have. You're not going to survive unless uh, you, you have no chance at winning games. But for the first whatever double-digit amount of games, those guys did carry the load and on regular occasion were getting the lion's share of your points and were taking care of business. And then somewhere along the way, every team you play against goes, uh, who gives a crap about everybody else on this team? Like, if there's anything we've talked about over eight seasons, how many times have I told you? Don't okay, play players. But this, but hey, this hey, is, hey, 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 hey. No, this no, no, is part no. of don't, the thing. Like, like, don't it, this play is players part of it, that though. suck. They don't have any choice. They don't have any choice. There aren't any other players to play. Okay, okay, but regardless of who the supporting cast is, all I'm saying is, is, it, is it at least disappointing that Bain and Jackson have not been able to elevate their play, even when some of those guys have been playing, regardless. Because that's where, when I watch the Grizzlies, yes, guys have been out. Yes, the Steven Adams injury was a shocker before the season. Yes, that's a bummer. Yes, Jaw's out. But I watch Bain, a guy that I've been very high on, and I'm like, damn, like, he just hasn't been able to tap into that higher level with defensive he coverage. He was towards amazing him. until the last four games. Amazing. What are you talking about? But he's, he's in the top like, 10 in the NBA in he's, scoring. But he's had some big games, but he's also had some real stinkers too. So like he's had some ups and downs. Like I'm saying Jaron Jackson Jr. too. He has been brutal. And I think he is, the, the, the hardest part with him is he has taken the losing it's beaten him down. Bain yeah. it is not beating him down. He's still yeah, Bain's like a, going a hundred miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, but, he, he, but the, he never. But stops. the losing, the losing has beaten Jackson down. Um, now look, they could have been they could have been fully loaded and still lost to a Minnesota team. Uh, of course, that Minnesota, that Minnesota team is really good. and They're going to be there for a long haul. And oh boy, are you going to love this, Kevin? Because. Um, I feel as if it is possible, it is possible that your pathetic groveling for a Rudy Gobert jersey may end up working out for you in the long haul. <laughs> and the only reason I say that is because yesterday, uh, yesterday while I was there uh, at the Grizzly game, I, I, on my way down, Did Rudy, I got like, a could throw double birds at you or something. No, I got a, I got yeah. a text and mm -hmm. it was uh and it was from my producer and he said that he had been in the media room and Aaron who does PR for the Timberwolves <laughs> said he needed me to come find him that he had a gift for me. <laughs> for you. Yes. A gift. What, what do you have for a, you? A, a gift for me. And I said, "Oh no." And I thought, this dude better not hand me a friggin' Rudy Gobert jersey to deliver to Kevin O'Connor. There's no way. There's no way that's about to happen to me. Mm -hmm. I, I, this can't. This can't be. And of course, I, I sat by Aaron through the entire playoff series uh, a couple of years ago when the Grizzlies uh, beat the uh, Timberwolves. Um, and so, anyways, he reached out to Roser. He told him, "Hey." have him come find me. I text him and I said, Hey, I'll come find you. And I'm thinking to myself, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to go find him? 
because if this guy hands me a Rudy Gobert jersey, I, I this is this is gonna be tough. This is gonna be tough for me. And that is not what he handed me. And for those that are not watching um and cannot see the video of this, I'll show Kevin right now what he presented to me. And then you can describe this to the audience. <laughs> That socks with Rudy Gobert's face plastered everywhere all over the socks. It says Rudy Gobert with a little Timberwolves logo. It's just Rudy's smiling face. (laughs) Glaring at Chris Vernon. I have to send these to you because what am I going to do with these? (laughs) Incredible. Those are great socks. I'd wear those socks. I know you would. He presented me with Incredible. a pair of Rudy Gobert socks. So your your pathetic groveling has even reaped Amazing. benefits for me. I I now am getting presents from the uh, Timberwolves, including Incredible. The, and, and oh, how much did he love presenting me those? I was, <laughs> was like it after the game. Thanks. No, it's at halftime. It's at halftime at the game. <laughs> um, anyway, that's a Tim, li- that's incredible. Timberwolves are. Timberwolves are fantastic, uh, for sure. Um, Ant is something to behold in person, though it was not his biggest game. And I think they're going to be, uh, they, they figured it out. They figured out how to bring play him, bring together. him to Vegas. Bring him to Vegas, Chris. Come on, come next week. Come to Vegas. Cash in on balling out this NBA season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. One of our favorite bets is something that we discuss on this particular episode of the podcast. Devin Booker at plus 2,600 to win regular season MVP. The run that he's on right now makes that feel like a really good value bet. If you want to bet on something more immediate, we get the in-season tournament games on Tuesday night, a bunch of big games. The app's easy to use, and there's a wide range of ways that you can bet with quick bets, live same-game parlays, the parlay hub, and much, much more. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to join. So visit FanDuel.com slash mismatch and turn dimes into dollars this season. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. The other team I saw in person, probably more impressive given the circumstances. And they are the hottest team in the NBA. This side of the Orlando Magic, of course. Also winners of seven in a row. But are the Phoenix Suns. Mm, they've now, been incredible, dude. That Booker game winner on Sunday, that guy, he's getting doubled all game. Oh, my God. So I saw him Friday night and or Friday during the day. It was actually Black Friday. He was even better on Friday. Uh, Kevin, last year, I remember coming on this podcast and I told you the best game I saw in person by an offensive player was Damian Lillard. I walked out of the arena and I was like, oh, my God. Like, there are sometimes when you can see, you know, it's always different when it's a a, a, a big guy and a, and a perimeter player. When you see a perimeter player at like absolute peak of powers, it is 
awe-inspiring. And mm-hmm. I saw Booker go 25, uh, 15 for 21 from the field. He shot like 75% from the field. And they're not dunks, right? Like, you see Giannis or Jokic or whatever. Like, maybe Jokic does it a little more degree of difficulty. But there's a lot of guys that if they go 15 of 21, it's not the array that you see from Booker. Not only that, he was the only guy to worry about on their team. That's when you know you've crossed into, like, superstar territory is when you're the guy on the top of the whiteboard. Everybody in the arena knows you're the guy. You're the one that you've got to deal with. And you still can deliver and not only to deliver, but deliver like that. He was uh, freakishly great in the game. And uh, I think I read this morning that amongst players that have played over 20 minutes on average, that he has the highest net rating. They're outscoring their opponents by 15 points per 100 possessions. And that's simply with him on the court. When Devin Booker is playing, his team is winning by 15 points per 100 possessions. And I believe they're eight and one since he came back and seven in a row. And Durant did not play in the game. So that's why I say everybody in the arena knows you're the guy on the other team, and man, we still haven't gotten to see what it looks like when they've got him and Durant and Brad Beal, but just having Booker back has, tur- uh, has, has turned to them immediately great. Eight and one, I believe, since he came back, and they have now reeled off seven wins in a row. You have always been president of the Devin Booker fan club. And this is, he is at like peak of powers. I, I, I don't know what kind of, I don't know what kind of odds you could get on MVP for him right now. But I mean, we're less than 15 games into the season, Kevin. I'm telling you, that's the best guy I've seen in person. Well, let's take a look at those MVP odds right now on, on the FanDuel Sportsbook. He is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth highest odds at Plus 2,600. Yeah, that's a behind, good long shot. Behind Kevin Durant, Shea Gildas Alexander, and then the typical names up top, Giannis Tatum, Embiid, Luka, Jokic. Those feel like pretty good long shot odds. They really do, because this guy is He's got the best net rating in the league. Yeah. And I'm I mean, watching like him sun, play with Aaron Gordon, or Eric Gordon, and uh, friggin', uh, who else was out there? Grayson Allen's out there, and it's like, I mean, it's not. Let's just say it's not a who's who that he was out there with. And he Kata, just... Kata beats Diop. I mean, yeah. you know, Okogi and Goodwin. It's Yeah, I mean, like Booker, Booker, like, I, look, I've, you know, I've always been a Booker guy, but who could have seen him turn into this level of player where he's averaging a super efficient, almost 30 points per game. He's averaging nearly 10 assists per game with low turnovers. He's creating like not just simple shots, but high degree of difficulty shots for his teammates. In my article this morning on The Ringer, I, I published my power rankings and I had a stat in there about the amount of assists uh, points that Booker is generating this season at 23.4, I believe, off the top of my head uh, per game, which is like double what he's done in recent years. 24.2 
He's a, his assists are generating 24.2 points per game this season, up from about 12 the last three years during the Chris Paul era. So double, um, it's far higher than his career high in the, the pre-CP3 era with the Suns. He's generating shots at a high level. He looks like a more seasoned playmaker. Because don't you remember like pre-Chris Paul when it was like, yeah, Booker's got too much on his plate. Uh, he's more of a score guy. They need a point guard. I remember I was in Phoenix for, you know, I was I interviewed Frank Vogel. Um, I'm trying to work on a Suns thing. I talked to Vogel preseason. And I asked him, like, are these, how are these guys going to sacrifice touches? How much are you going to run your offense through different guys depending on the best matchup? And he's like, no, Devin Booker's our point guard. He's our point guard. He's the guy who's going to run the show every single night. And I was like, hmm, interesting. And that's exactly what it's been ever since, that Booker's the point regardless of matchup, and he's the best player on the team. And he's thrown on that headband. And you know, some of these games, like <laughs> I said, awesome. these last couple, he hadn't even played with Durant. Like, you do have to think, Kev, and, and there's always the caveat of these guys and and their health, and you have to bake that in that they may not be able to, you know, remain healthy, especially through an entire stretch run of the playoffs. But we always have to project, like, what if they could? And I'm sitting there going, uh... What if when he drives in, he's whipping it out to the corner and instead of Kata Bates Diop or Grayson Allen, that's friggin' Bradley Beal. <laughs> he generates the wide open shot for. Uh, and you could see how, man, if that thing came together and they were, ever, I, I mean, we're this far into the season, we, we still haven't seen them. And all I'm saying is if they're, Freaking, what are they, third right now, I think, in the standings? I think they're third or after the seven-game win streak. They're already third, and they haven't had those three at all? Mm-hmm. At all? And, Not at all. Yep. And, and, and they win games without Durant? Just Booker coming back has turned them awesome. Yeah. And that's when you know he has changed because it's like, geez, man, you'd figure in this – in, in in this day and age, like they need to have two of them, they need to have they they need to have uh, you know at least Durant out there with him. But I watch him do it without. He's just playing with a bunch of dudes, and uh, just great. He's absolutely great. So I think uh, look those two teams I saw. I think Phoenix and uh, Minnesota both like for sure chance at West Finals, like both of them. Have a have a reasonable chance. Oh, I agree. I I, I, I think that their records are good right now, but I don't think that that is, uh, you know, like maybe the team that's wedged in between them, Oklahoma City. To me, that's a little more of a long shot because they haven't really taken their scars yet. But those two, for certain, have the opportunity to be there at the very end of the West. And uh, you wrote your article. You had your power rankings, and you had Phoenix very high. In your power rankings, I believe you had them in third, third, I think. I had the Suns number three. Yeah, yeah, you had them third. Uh, who was the hardest one to slot for you in those power rankings? Um, I think it were kind of the the rising teams, the teams that have uh, outperformed expectations, like Minnesota. Like I had them at number seven. Right. Like if you're ranking them purely off this season performance, they're higher. But my rankings are trying to view through the lens of championship potential. 
right? So I'm favoring some of the teams that, like Denver's still number one, even though they don't have the best record in the West, even though they're without Jamal Murray right now. Um, But like the teams like that, like even the Sixers, they're ranked a little bit lower because of the James Harden stuff. They're like right now they're number six. They they probably should be a little bit higher than that following the Harden fiasco and all that. So I think like teams like OKC at nine, some of these new like like Orlando at 14, like that might be low in comparison to like the NBA NBA.com power rankings that are based purely off performance now. Mine are looking forward towards like April, May, June. So that that's the tough part with some of these rankings where some of them it's like about sustaining success over the course of time. Um, but, you know, I'd say those new teams uh, were the toughest ones to rank above all else. Okay. And so like, what do you do in your mind like now with the teams that we know that no, no team, especially the young teams are going to want to fate or, or the team that's the first time on the block is going to want to see when it comes playoff time and yet are not performing at like a super high level, i.e. Golden State. You know what I mean? Like figuring out what to do with them. At what point do you not just give them benefit of the doubt and go, yep, like we saw it even last year, right? When they, now they, they were not there at the very end and, and they got done in, but it's certainly not the team you want to see if you're having your first awesome season in a long time in your Sacramento. And thing went down to the very end uh, that series did. But it's one of those where it's like, you know, when, when you're trying to figure out who's going to be there at the end, Lakers and Warriors and teams like that that aren't performing at a super high level, how do you view that? Do you just say, nah, I know they're going to be there at the end? Um, I mean, like, I think, like, I put, the, I put some of those teams, like the Warriors and Clippers, in a clump of in the hunt, right? Like, they're still in it, but there's some major questions about these teams. Do they have enough depth, or do they have enough experience? Like some of the young teams that were in that same group, do they are their stars the same caliber as they were before? Is Dallas's defense good enough? Um, like those were some of the teams in that group. So I, I think they still belong there, despite the fact they've been very, very average at this point of the season. But like when I do the power rankings again, I think we'll do it. You know, this is what one month, uh, five weeks into the season. When I do it again in a, you know, a handful of weeks, you know, another five or six weeks, like those teams might be below Orlando and New Orleans. And, you know, a team like the Knicks could rise up easily because we have just a larger group of games to look at. Um, but I think right now you kind of give some of those teams a bit of a benefit of the doubt. In-season tournament is going to be tomorrow night. So for when most people listen to this podcast, it will be this evening on Tuesday night. Pacers in, Lakers in. That's the only thing that's locked up. If Milwaukee wins, they're in. If Sacramento wins, they're in. Houston, if they win against the Mavericks, they're in. Um, And it looks like the Pelicans very well may get in if the Mavericks win that game. And then it's super complicated, the scenario. And then you've got Magic and Suns, who uh, the Suns are likely the wild card. And the the Magic uh, obviously have a, a good opportunity. But that is the one thing, Kevin. It's like, I'm going to like it. I'm glad when it's all said and done. But uh, even if you are a fan that is super into your team in at the end of November, just looking 
I clicked on that NBA.com link and it was like, play in tournament Tuesday night. Here's the scenarios. And I mean, the headache I got, I'm like, this is <laughs> what in the F? Like, it is so complicated. That's the hard part to me. It's like, I don't even, I, I can't keep track of, I, I don't know how you figure that out. But I would love for it to be like, hey, the in-season tournament's going to be coming up and here are the games that are going to be going on. Like, I know the Thunder and the T-Wolves are going to be playing in a game and I know that uh, there's going to be, the the Heat are going to be in a game and the Knicks are going to be in a game. And it's like, as soon as I clicked on that scenarios page, I'm like, oh, to hell with it. I can't keep up with this. It's like, and they're in. If this team loses right, well, and this yeah, team it's loses and this complicated. team wins, and it's like it's it's complicated, but but like, are you happy with the NCAA tournament so far? But are, you, but are you but are you happy with it so far? I like the games, but yeah, now games we're like fun. to the end to try to figure out who's going to get in, and I have no idea how. These yeah, but, it, can but get in. yeah, it's it's not going to be complicated when when we have some of the games over with, like during the daytime. Um, during the, I, I shouldn't say daytime, the the early slot games. Um, and then the later slot games, it'll be, you know, it could be great competition as well. But we'll we'll see how it plays out. Like, it's really just two groups um, of games, the early slot and the late slot that we have to worry about. And I'm not worried about all of them at once. because That's when you drive yourself nutty. Um, but then but it's like, as, but it, but then with the whole point differential thing and the like, yeah, I but the point differential is who has a better point differential. That's simple. Yeah, but in terms of watching the game, it's not. Like I was watching, like I read yesterday that like, so in that, uh, in that Memphis Phoenix game, I went to, there, there's a three pointer, like basically at the very end of the game, Booker hit this banked three. And I read where somebody uh, wrote that Booker's banked three might've knocked the Pelicans out of the in season tournament yeah, because, because of that. And because, I'm like, what in the world? Yeah. But like anybody who's, paying attention knows the point differential matters. So like the better your point differential, that's the second tiebreaker. Head to head is the first tiebreaker. Point differential is the second tiebreaker. So you got players and like coaches mad about it. Like, yo, you're in these games. You should know that point differential matters if you're part of these teams. That's why you have teams going to the end of the games trying to have a, a bigger point differential because that's the second tiebreaker. When there's only the four games that, that are determining your record, point differential matters a lot, a ton. So, like, instead of like some of these players bitching about it, oh, it goes against the spirit of the game. Like, okay, get a stop, get a stop. Those are the rules. Deal with it. Like, I, I, I think it's silly um, how some of the complaining is happening. Like, yeah, you can disagree with the rules, but they are the rules. So play, play to the end. That's why. That's why it's great to see some of those teams doing that end of the games. They want to go for it. And I think that's a cool thing when all the talk has been about, oh, are the players going to care about it? Oh, they, go, oh, they clearly care about it. At least some of them, the ones who paid attention to read the rules and are going for those wins. So I look forward to Yeah, but even then, like, I, I was looking at this, like, Orlando, like, they, they may rue the day that they lost by 20 to Brooklyn in one of these games, because even though they're going to have this good record that they might lose on the point differential, it's like, I can't keep up with all this. Well, I, I guess mean, just, you know. just tell me whenever it, who the eight teams are in the end, I guess, you know, and who's going to be playing against each other of the eight teams, because it's too complicated for me. And I mm -hmm. think I speak for the majority of fans. It's too complicated to figure out who's playing in it.
and who's not. I mean, well, okay, well, we'll find out on a Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, who's playing in the knockout rounds. And that's where, that's where it's going to be most exciting of all in the knockout rounds. I look forward to it. When we talk about this on, on our Thursday night show, that's when we'll have clarity. Until then, um, we'll enjoy Tuesday's games. Hopefully we get some good ones. I just wish I knew going into Tuesday's games without it. Well, I, mean, without, I mean, we do. It's just, it's just complicated. But, there, but there's 17 things that need to happen for these teams to make it. And that's what I'm saying. Like, if, if you're focused on one team, then I understand, right? But if you're trying to watch it as a, le- a fan of the league, you know, to yeah, me. But it's, not, it's not that complicated. It's like in Group B, like, it, uh, there's two teams that, uh, that, have a, like a shot, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like, it's not like it's all, if you condense it down to particular groups, it's not as crazy. Uh, well, hopefully it is going to end up being, uh, hopefully it'll be fun. It's going to be fun. I think it will when it gets here, but it's got no juice going into it. Um, it does for me and some of the people I talk to. I guess if you're going to sit there with your spreadsheet and watch all the games on Tuesday night, then yes, it will. But I'm, I'm not going to watch the games with the spreadsheet. Um, I just wake. I'll wake up on Wednesday morning. I'll see who's in the damn thing. I am excited. I, I hope that some, okay. I hope some of these young fun teams do get in, though. I mean, I'd like to see if Houston got in there, Orlando got in there. Um, that would be the Pacers are already there, so that is at least somebody that we weren't necessarily counting on. And uh, it'd be interesting to see if we could get one of these teams that very well may not be there in the end that has the opportunity. I mean, you look last year and we got to, I I went and looked up the standings on November 27th just to see how it looks versus the way it is right now. And last year it was Boston, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Indiana, Atlanta, and Philly. That was the top six in the Eastern Conference. We know Indiana fell down, Atlanta fell down. And then on the other side, it was Phoenix, Denver, Memphis, New Orleans, the Clippers, Portland, and SAC. And we know that in the end, New Orleans wasn't there, Portland wasn't there, and the Clippers uh, were hardly there by it's all said and done. And so it's just a, it's a reminder it is a very, very long season because mm-hmm. we, we're, we're on November 27th, 2022, and friggin' Portland was in the top six, six teams. And now they've got the goggled Scoot Henderson. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Couple other things from your power rankings that you put out. Obviously, you had to write about all the sorry teams, so you had to take a deep dive into those. And we have kind of, look, we talked about one sorry team in Memphis uh, earlier. Uh, some of these others, San Antonio, disgraceful. Washington, disgraceful. But even Washington, got a win and you wrote about Detroit and kind of a little bit of concern on, yeah, they've got a whole mess of things that they got to figure out. But one of them is like 
you draft all these guys and like somebody's got to emerge as the guy for the franchise and you want one of them to hit and be face of the franchise guy. And I think you, you kind of wrote about a little, having a little concern that is Cade Cunningham, that guy, is he going to be that guy that you build out around if you're the Pistons? Isn't it a fair question to wonder watching them? Totally fair. I, I think with Cade, like he's obviously a, a, a good player, um, but you know, a number one pick uh, is he? Is he the guy who can lead your franchise to the promised land? Is he the person that you want to invest in? He is yet to have a, a single game this season shooting over fifty percent from the field. He remains an inefficient shooter from mid range, from three point range. I mean, like he's, he's averaging almost five turnovers a game. I don't know, man. I know the circumstances aren't perfect there. I know there's a lack of spacing, um, but I'm just I'm just not so sure Cade is what Pistons fans hoped he would be uh, in in year three of his career right now. And so if I'm Detroit, I'm looking at my situation. I'm looking at the guys on my roster, and I don't know. To me, like I, I think investing in in like a backcourt of Osar Thompson and Jaden Ivey is probably the move. And getting a haul for Cade before his value diminishes any further, because I still think he has a ton of value league wide. Like there'd be a lot of teams that would be happy to go out and get him, and and even even if he does end up panning out into a high level player, it's very possible it could be one of those mutually advantageous trades in the same way that Sabonis for Halliburton was, where Sabonis for Halliburton has ha- helped position both franchise into a, a very good spot. And for the Pistons, you are going to have to, at some point, break this up. So maybe it is better to do it now sooner than later. I, I, it's just That's where I've been thinking about when it comes to watching Detroit. And I like Cade. I just don't love him. Don't we have to give it more time, though? Maybe. But sometimes when you give things more time, then he's one year closer to that big contract extension. Then more, even more teams who might previously have been super high on him could sour on him a bit. I like then thing, I don't know. Things then... At that point, could get iffy, and then like, and then if you're talking about even if he does work out, then you have him with Osar Thompson, two guys, different levels of concern with their jumpers, but two guys who have not been efficient shooters. So at some point, then that could be an issue. So I just see a lot of fit issues with the Pistons, and I like to remove one of them from the equation. Yeah, I just don't. I, I mean, they are. Look, we 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 they killed them a, a couple weeks ago. It it really is. It, it should be one of the fun teams in the league. It really should be. It's sad. It is, it it should is be sad. One, it should be one of the fun teams in the league, and th- they couldn't be farther from being fun. You know, you talk about uh, guys that are drafted very highly and could be face of franchise. Charlotte certainly looked like their guy, who was face of franchise, was back to being like that level. While their team is not very good and... Uh, the numbers that LaMelo was putting up were just freakish. I mean, it was nightly. He was putting up <laughs> like these huge, huge numbers. And then he goes down and he gets hurt. And it looked it it looked pretty bad. Um with him going off the court. And we don't know how long he is going to be out, but certainly right before that, he was he was one of those guys you tune in and man, he was having big night after big night after big night. Uh, for that Charlotte team and, and looked like back on the trajectory of a guy that people thought could be a huge, huge star in this league and was an all-star 
already in his young career, kind of had last year beat up by injury, and obviously that team was dismal. Um, And this year, while the record wasn't very good, he was really getting going and looked like, you know, you know, same. He was putting up huge numbers. He was putting up, you know, uh, uh, some really big numbers. They got Bridges back in the mix, and um, and then he goes down, and it's like, geez, man, they, how long would they be, even be able to survive? Could they even yeah. go a week, two weeks without him, without it just getting super ugly? Obviously, an ankle strain is a lot different than you know some of the other inj- injuries out there. Like Luca has a thumb issue, yep. like that he can play through. It's it's too bad. It doesn't seem to be something that Lamelo could play through, which is, like seems right. more serious than that. It's unfortunate. Yeah, because he had been fantastic, dude. So far. He's been figuring it out. He's been figuring it out. The team, like he, they they looked like more like a competent team lately. Speaking of injuries, we got McCollum coming back. Uh, it looks like for the Pelicans. Who have been? You think he should it, start or come off the bench? They because that Jones Dyson Daniels combo looks amazing on the perimeter. Yeah, you know my feelings on this. I, I I think they're the same way we were talking about the Sixers earlier, and I've always had this feeling. You know, there's stars and there's role players, and there's a balance that has to be achieved. And I think they found a good balance, especially when they've gotten Ingram and Zion playing together successfully, I wouldn't, yes, I would bring him off the bench. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I with would, you. I'm I would try you. to keep, I would try to keep the chemistry that I've found and that I've been playing at a high level and I would bring him off the bench and you've just got to even out this deal. You know, when you have him and you have Ingram and you have Zion and you have Valanchunas, you only got one role player out there. Yep. You know, and that's Herb. That's it. You got one role player that's running around. And I think that you you got to have those guys that are going to do the dirty work. The guys that are going to set the screens. The guys that don't need the ball. They don't. They can play basketball without the ball. And I think having guys that can play basketball without the ball next to Zion and Ingram, who are best with the ball, is what's best for your team. And I think you've got an excuse to actually do it, right? Because you've been playing so well. I agree. You got I a think, good I think excuse. It's a you got reason. a good, right? You got a really good excuse. Mm-hmm. And C- and CJ could feast off bench units. So, oh, I, he I, I think there's logic, there's logic to it. You think you think Willie would do it? I think he should try. Will yeah. CJ accept it? And I think he should. Because I see it's it's about finishing that matters. Do you think that Draymond should regret what he did to Rudy Gobert, Kevin? No, I he thought, does not. I thought his reasoning. What? What? Did, I'm paraphrasing here, but what did he say? I'm always going to defend my teammates. That's all that really matters. I mean, I understand his mindset. I don't think he should regret it necessarily. I think he's just going to be careful not to do something so extreme again. And which ultimately, yes, you might be defending your teammates, but it also positions your teammates for failure when you're not out there. And I, I wish that's what he would get better at. Do you think that I should gift my new Rudy Gobert socks to Draymond Green? <laughs> I th- think you he should. think that he would enjoy this? I, th- I think Christmas he would. Yes, <laughs> <Do> you, <laughs> I need to find out when they come here. What if I, I, I go think, and present these and I say, Draymond, he, I, does he, does I've he gotten you a Christmas. You? 
He I've just ch- chokes you out. Just <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten you a Christmas gift. It is these brand new, never worn Rudy Gobert socks, and they are for you. Mm-hmm. Um, last thing that we got to talk about before we get out of here is this whole. Since we last spoke, boy oh boy, did the internet set on fire with all the Josh Giddy story. Mm-hmm. This is this is 2023 to say the least, uh, where you have. Very little information that is given from team, player, or league, except for this. Investigation. Yeah, like they are investigating it. And all, all I'll say is I am confused as to if they are investigating whether he had uh, relations with a minor. I will just say, if he did... That that is a crime, and I am shocked that they mm-hmm. are allowing him to keep on playing while investigation is still going on, right? And I say this is someone who just covered, I, I just covered the whole Morant situation. And yes, he was waving a gun on Instagram, but you don't go to prison for waving a gun. It's a terrible look for the league, right? And that's why. And so it's just... Caution is the way to go here. And that's all I'll say is it, it's kind of shocking to me for like even Wander Franco. You remember like when that all hit with the, with the yeah, Tampa Bay right Rays yeah. and they yep. just are like, nah, 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 yeah. sit down. Because if this, if this happened, like it, it, like it appears it happened, then this is a big time issue. And, and, and we can't have this guy representing our sure. league. Right I mean, now. Ulti- ultimately, I, I think it. in the same place that we're in, the league might be in right now where there's just a lack of information other than some screenshots and photos that are posted where we don't know when it happened, what state it happened, right. how long ago it happened, anything sure. like that. So like, they're probably in a process of figuring out those details, which obviously changes um, the context of you know what the penalty will be if it was a crime if it you know I don't know like, we don't know anything really well, and that's the other, other thing, than right, screenshots yeah. out there oh, it's like a, I, it's I, a, we all know way too much about age of consent and all this whatever and it's like what in the world like mm-hmm. what what planet are we on where we're now like well that's the Oklahoma I, bro if you were I know, seriously if you yeah. were going out with a high school girl like bro you sit down end of story. Sit yep. down. Yep. Sit down, bro. We'll like, see how it I, plays out. Yeah, we will see how it plays out. But, I mean, boy, do they have a mess on their hands yeah. with that I one. Mean, so far, all of, the, all, all of OKC, Giddy, you know, Dagnalt, all of them are kind of like, well, we're just letting the in- investigation play out. Their, their, their PR kind of strategy is just, I know. you know, we'll let, and, it, and, let and, it play out, me, not saying anything. And to me, bro, if I didn't go out with a high school girl and somebody put that up on the internet, the First thing I do is run to a freaking microphone, and be like, "What the hell? I ain't going with that. Are you out of your mind? You yeah. ha- I- that is not the tact they take. Mm-hmm. I know in this one. So I know. <laughs> I'm 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 just putting myself if if some if somebody's saying that kind of crap about me, and it's like, and that's not so. I'd be running to the closest microphone, screaming from the rooftops. That's not so, and so. That's the only thing that freaks me out is like, bro, if you're the NBA, you might want to sit this one down uh, while your investigation is going on. Um, Because there's been so little clarity ever since it all hit. And 
What an internet just. Yeah. I mean, look, it was only three, three or so months. days ago that it ended up breaking no, on social media. So, I mean, we're still it just, in the early it, process And everything this. on social media feels so much bigger. Of course. Yep. So we'll see because how it plays it out. Becomes, like, that, that, like, that was the thing. Like, I, I know people on social media got mad about, like, OKC fans cheering him. I bet you, like, most of the people that were cheering didn't even know about it because this was very much on social media. Like, not everybody's on their phone. So, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of them were finding out that night about it at the game. Like, oh, this is weird. Yeah. Uh, we will see. Yeah, what we comes will see. With that? Yeah. Uh, we do have a big week in the NBA. And at least by the time we speak again, the whole in-season tournament will be set and we don't have to worry about how they got there, but we'll know the teams and that will be fun. Hell right? yeah. I'm um, excited. I'm fired and up. Then, and then you're going to be out in Vegas for the whole thing, right? I don't know. I'm not sure which days I'll be out there yet. At the least, I'll be out there for the Bill Simmons live show on Wednesday. I'm not sure the dates I'll be in Vegas yet, though. You don't have tickets to the Sphere already? No, I haven't booked anything. I'm figuring uh, out through my bosses what days I should be there, what days I can be there. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's going to do it for today's show. Thanks to our executive producer, Jesse Lopez, as always. And Kevin, I'll talk to you later this week. Have a good week, Chris. See you guys. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step 53342 in Arizona. Call 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. Call one 800 9 with it in Indiana. Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. Call 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. Or call one 877 8 hope ny or text hope ny in new york